I hate that opening. Let's try that again. Oh my yeah. god, the whole thing's ruined. That's it. I'm out of here. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Uh, yes. That's my. Uh, Hello. Yes. Uh huh. That's Hello. my. Uh, um, what's his name? Actor. Oh yes. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh, Jeff Goldblum? Yes, that's yeah. my Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you very that much. looks nothing like Jeff <laughs> Sounds like him, though. I had, literally had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> I did. I thought thank it you, like Christine. Yeah. Thank you. I thought you oh, had no. developed a twitch. Like, I no. didn't know what was happening. See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an Emmy-nominated yeah. casting director, and I agree with Jim. So, mm. I win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Stephanie Laffin. Thank you. I guessed it. Or, so, or, I mean. Or, or should I say, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Winner, <laughs> a winner, a chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <are> we, <laughs> that, was, that was really fascinating. <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> um, I mean, it's more interesting than what I've been doing. I've been filling out forms to get my mom in a new assisted living. So, you know, it's, um, I really have yes. nothing to talk yeah. about today, actually. Ass- assisted, assisted being the main word there, living. <laughs> what assisted the fuck is living. happening? Jeff Goldblum helps you with all of your life. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, girls love Jeff Goldblum. They oh yes, super yes. sexy. You know, when uh Marsha's a big fan, she says whenever he's on TV, he could get it. She says that a lot. Oh my gosh. Jeff Goldblum. Is that Still? why you're doing that, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Does she mean? Oh, yes, I come home and I go, Oh yes. Hello. <laughs> I could get it. Does yeah. Marsha know that Jeff Goldblum in non COVID times plays a weekly set in Hollywood with his band? Yes, yes, and I will never take her. <laughs> it's because not safe. Jeff not might safe. take her from you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was on, I was actually on set with Jeff, and he walked into the. Uh, we were all we were in the makeup trailer at the same time, and uh, literally all the girl, all the makeup girls, and everything were just like. <laughs> it was kind of scary. He was like, "Oh, hello, everyone. Yes, yes, hello." <laughs> As they say in uh, in Sweden, hudleget. Yes, yes, that's how they do it. God, I everything about is lost oh my on God, me. Everything, so the impersonations lost on me. The it's so good. Goldblum is lost on me. I don't understand any of it. Goldblum is a straight people phenomena. Like I don't get it. You should see Stephanie's face. She's confused. Like we he's, don't get it. No, he's he's like uh, become a caricature of himself. Yeah. Which is you know, it's like it's like, like, a, it's like Malkovich or yeah. a Walken or any of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like their persona is more popular than who they actually really are anymore. I'm uncomfortable, but you know what I will say about yeah, Jeff Goldblum Gold, Gold that I do find fascinating? At one point, his movies, because he's been in so many and they've been so so big and so many blockbusters, um, he was the actor that had the highest gross like, really? of movies. Yeah, yeah because of, of the amount of movies he's been in and what those are, like the Jurassic Park franchise, right, right. all those. So... More than Harrison Ford, and for Christ's sakes, he's got points in Star Wars. Wow! I just think Jeff has the most gross. Period. He's just gross. 
All right. He's in great shape for his age, too. Like, Do we have a podcast now or are we going to talk about Jeff Goldblum for five days? The weekly I like talking about him for five days. It's a podcast. Yeah. Maybe oh you two can God. start a Jeff Goldblum podcast. <laughs> Just tell me. I'm All sure right. he has one. Oh God. <laughs> I'm playing the theme song now. Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to start a podcast. Hello, I am Jim Lanahan and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All right, you guys, welcome to the Not Jeff Goldblum and Friends podcast. <laughs> welcome to Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast. Yay! Yes. Christine Sinecor. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Scott Sheldon. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Producer Stephanie Laffin. Hey, girl. Hi, honey. Hey, girl. Hey. Now, listen, um, Dr. John Paul is out today. He's going to be missing the next few podcasts. He's taking care of a family matter. Everything's okay. He's just taking care of business. How you okay. doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Scott, do that again, please. How you doing? <laughs> so ridiculous <laughs> oh that's so funny we should all try to say how you do it as much as possible since i'm here how you doing how you doing how you doing <laughs> wait christine can i hear yours yeah. how you doing <laughs> Christine, Christine sort of like share. Share and Dr. John Paul had a baby, and the baby. Oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? Okay, now you guys listen. This podcast is coming out on Monday. Okay, Thursday is Thanksgiving, so you're like, oh my god, is there going to be a new podcast? Yes, there is. We're going to give you a heaping spoonful of podcast covered in gravy and all the fixings because we want you to be thankful on Thanksgiving. So we're giving you something to be thankful about. And then there's going to be another new episode a week from today, next Monday. And then the Thursday episode next week may or may not be a rerun. I'm just letting you guys know I'm in the throes of moving, of opening one, two, four shows. There's a lot going on in Jim Lanahan's life. So uh, we may have a rerun next Thursday, a week from Thanksgiving. TBD. I wanted everyone to know the schedule because they're going to be like, why aren't they in my podcast feed? But we will be here as normal um, Thanksgiving and next Monday. It's just the Thursday that is a little up in the air. Um, Maybe we could just talk about Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's when you yeah. can start your Jeff Goldblum podcast yeah. next Thursday, and you can do yeah. it on your own next fucking Thursday. time on your own podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> next Thursday. I hate you. Thursday. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? I quit every week, and this is yeah. why. I don't understand. The, I really don't get the Jeff Goldblum thing. <laughs> we have an amazing guest today who I am obsessed with. I'm going to add her quickly in, then we're going to give her an intro, and I'm going to try not to gush too much. Let's add in my favorite, Beth Maitland. Beth Maitland is an actor, mother, philanthropist, animal lover, quilter. I could go on and on forever about her because 
I love her, you guys. You probably know her best for her portrayal of Tracy Abbott Connolly on the hit CBS daytime soap opera, The Young and the Restless. She was cast as Tracy in 1982. Let me do that math for you. She has played Tracy Abbott for 38 years. Actors listening to this podcast, how jealous of Beth Maitland are you? What a gift, right? You've also probably seen her on shows like The Grove, Plaza Suite, love that. Mr. Holland's Opus, I Will Never Forget You at the Death School. The Bold and the Beautiful, Beth has been nominated twice for Daytime Emmy Awards for her work on The Young and the Restless. Guess who won the award in 1985? Beth Maitland did! Boom! I have interviewed Beth before. I am mildly obsessed with her. She's also one of the greatest people I have met. Please help me welcome Beth Maitland. Oh, Jim, man, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. I don't know why you keep calling, but you do. I'm so very happy you do. I can't. You're the the first double guest. You're the first one to come back. So I love that. Yeah, you're the first one because we love you. And also, you bring the goods, Beth. You're like really fun and interesting. So if you were horrible the first time, we wouldn't have invited. <laughs> well, that's good to know. And I'm How now you doing? Be waiting by the phone from every consecutive visit because I uh, I have to keep keep my reputation alive that I'm fascinating and that you're hanging on my every word. Oh, but I really am. I have to say, like on Instagram, everybody should go follow you. We will tell them about your accounts at the end. But on Instagram, you have the most diverse collection of like fun current. Uh, items, videos, pictures. You bring in the old stuff from back in the day. Anybody that's a Y&R fan will love that. Um, but also you talk a lot about your daughter and her work in the music and your love of animals. And like, I just love all of it. Like you're, you're just super fun. So um, I have to tell you though, you have been killing me softly with your brilliant heartfelt acting on the young and the restless ever since the show came back from the pandemic. Yep. There's been some emotional stuff to play. Oh my gosh, Beth. It's, but you are the queen of it. Can I give you, I want to give you two examples. When you were in the ladies retreat and you were talking with Lily in the hotel room, about your daughter, Colleen, who for everybody that's not watching Young and the Restless, stop listening to this podcast right now, begin at episode one and try to catch up. But number two, Colleen's passed away. I was in my living room, Beth, in an absolute ugly cry. I had to call my mom after. And then the other thing (laughs) is this entire arc involving the death of your mother, Dina Mergeron. It has been amazing. How, how does it feel to you to be not only back during a pandemic, but coming back in like, boom, these hugely emotional episodes? I'll tell you, it's my specialty, as as you know from having watched as long as you have. Um, I, everybody jokes about it's not just dropping a tear, it's dropping the downstage tear. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's like all in the tilt of the head because they're burgling, but you got to tilt for the downstairs. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of teasing, but I, I, I um, also, I, I, I don't think that if I were a bank teller or a cashier at a market, I would be nearly this, have, have this kind of access to my emotion. But when you're an actor and when you do, uh, especially daytime, um, and play a character like poor Tracy, the kind of, I started out in the 80s and 90s as the trauma victim, the teen crisis girl. Every summer, there was a big dramatic, emotional, teen-specific storyline. And I think you, you you need to, as actors, which you know uh, very well, being one yourself, um, you have to keep your emotions close to the surface. And I cry at very inappropriate times in my life. I mean, I, if, if um, somebody cuts me off, I'm, I'm not cussing at them. I'm weeping out the window. <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> and, and so I think that, like I say, if I was a bank teller, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to display that sort of thing. But the other magic to playing emotion on a daytime drama is that all of these people, you mentioned the amount of time I'm in my 39th year there. All of these people are like real family. They go through in real life, we've been through marriages and divorces and deaths and births and every important um, human experience we've been through together. And, and we can just look in each other's eyes and, and all of that history, both on screen and off, springs uh, to the forefront. And it is not as difficult as you might think when you're gazing across the, the room at a person that you have known and loved and seen suffer and seen triumph for dec- literally decades. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as hard as one might think. Really happy to have had story opportunities like this. Um, the Colleen storyline, w- there was an, another mystery actor who will remain nameless during that story arc where Colleen, <laughs> where Colleen um, uh, passes away. She is brain dead. She's brought to the hospital and literally she's on life support and tr- poor Tracy has to make the decision to pull the plug and she's in denial and doesn't believe she's really gone. Then it, as this is all evolving, they come in and say, she's an organ donor, she needs to approve um, that particular complication in how you view the loss of your child. <clears throat> and there, so there was an actor who was in contract negotiations, and I was crying and crying and crying another week and crying another week, no settlement, and so crying another week. <laughs> crying another, I, think I, I cried for 30 episodes during that storyline. I cried every day for 30 episodes. I don't mean that I was, it was every day of the week. It was like three episodes this week or whatever, but I cried for 30 episodes and I'll tell you what, um, it was, it it was exhausting, but you leave and you are purged. You don't have to go to therapy. I'm, I save thousands (laughs) of dollars in medical assistance. You leave with no, with, with nothing left to spend. And so it is a really, interesting kind of you, you sort of transfer all of the anxiety you may be personally feeling the experiences that you may be using to act those scenes you and you get it all out you get it all off your chest and you go home and whoop it up yahoo you know um so i the dean of measure on story that you're discussing i'm a little disappointed that things um wrapped themselves up kind of quickly. Uh, it's been a, four years in the making as she has been um, suffering from the effects of Alzheimer's and the family has now brought her home to care for her in the story. And it was a very, very important to all of us to tell that story truly. To, we worked with the Alzheimer's Association to make sure that we were giving a proper portrayal of the caregiver 
caregivers as well as um, the lovely Marla Adams uh, performing it with as much conscientious truth as she could muster. And it was important to all of us, the show and the actors and the viewers. We got so much feedback and continue to. And I and so in a four-year build, I was disappointed that we didn't get and it has to do, I think, somewhat with the restrictions we're facing in production and with the pandemic, that we weren't able to sort of stretch that out. I, we have to be conscientious and social distance. And we were watching our mother die from six feet away. Plus, we're watching her go from across the room. And, and, and so, those are just, so those are just practicalities and respectful things we must be conscientious about. But we still have to play the truth. We still have to find ways to shoot that in such a way that the, that the honesty is there, that the pain is there, that, the, uh, that all of those things are still present. And I think your reaction is telling me that we were able to succeed, even with our challenges challenges. Sometimes we get swept away with the fact that the challenges overwhelm our ability to just turn in a good performance. We've got people coming in. We're the only ones without masks once we're about to tape. And the only time our masks are off is when they say rolling five, four, three, two, one action. Um, and otherwise we're masked even in dress rehearsals for the cameras. They don't see anything but our eyes. And, and, it's presented a whole bunch of other challenges for our own safety that when the makeup artist comes in or the, the somebody comes in to help us, they're look like they're going into surgery. You know, they've got plastic surgical garments, safety, they're wearing gloves, a new set for every person they, they power. I mean, the protocols were, um, are, it's a, a, based on a 22-page document put together by all the members of unions in the show business in the industry and approval of government. So we, we are um, we are so busy being honorable and and respectful of all of those 22 pages worth of stuff that sometimes the the performances get lost. We get one take and moving on because we've spent you know, all this extra time keeping everyone safe, which is super important. But now we have to tell our story and we only have a minute left to do that <laughs> because every, everybody's you know, honoring protocols. So um, you're never going to invite me back because I haven't stopped talking since I started. <laughs> I love it. So you're, you're kind of answering all my questions at once, which I'm like this. Oh my God, what am I going to ask her next? I have nothing left. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Beth. We'll see you next week, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. So, so, so I, I guess um, it's, I'm so pleased that those things continue to move you and viewers. Mm. I'm so relieved to hear that kind of feedback that we still are able to do our job that even with the challenges, we are able to overcome all of it and still turn in the kind of storytelling that you all expect and need from us. So that's awesome. That is cool. That was it's, actually, it's you amazing. answered my question as well about how, you know, I was going to ask you as an actor, how you keep something fresh, like a character fresh for 38 years, but you, you've answered it. You, you know, the, the, the story takes on a, you know, you have, on, you have two families, you have a family on, on camera and you have a family at home and it's just you're living that life as you would a normal person it's very cool and very it's an cool. it's an it is a really odd dynamic there's no other place but uh, daytime dramas i imagine that there are casts of 
uh, groups of people that work on a similar project for that long. There are companies where employees stay in that company for that long, but I don't, it is in show business. It is a rare opportunity to spend almost four decades with a lot of the actors are the same actors as when I started my sister's the same. Um, And so we literally grew up together. We literally did all of those things that you, that you've just described. And it's, um, it's, it's really a rare situation that we do not take for a moment for granted. Very cool. We are so, that is, I would say, especially in a pandemic, the operative function within the building is gratitude. Everyone is so grateful we're able to return and be able to bring new episodes and be able to be successful at doing this job. There are tons of new challenges to face, but we are every single day. You go home with stress, maybe a little bit of extra frustration. Maybe I kick myself and say, oh, if I just had a few more minutes, I maybe could have gotten here instead of there. But by and large, we're so grateful to have had that day. Mm. I think it's amazing to watch the show right now uh, for a number of reasons, Beth. As as you mentioned, it might be a little weird for you all to be six feet apart. I, as an, as a avid watcher of the show and, and media in general during the pandemic, I'm enjoying watching the show. I love my Y and R, but I'm also, there's another show that I'm watching, which is how are they producing and directing this show with six feet social distancing? So for instance, everything's happening in that park now, Genoa city park. It's all going down in that park outside, which, you know, and I, and I love, like, I love how they, they've really taken such care to be like, we're, we're giving you different angles of the park and we're seeing the sign at the park. And like, you know, it's also the other day there was a scene, uh, with Phyllis and the way Michelle Stafford was walking around that bench was just genius. Cause she was like, I'm going to try it this way. I'm going to give it to you this way because she could not get close to the other actor, you know? Um, but the other thing is we love you guy, you characters so much that we don't care. So seeing you all around Dina, even if you're apart from each other, it's so fulfilling for us even with the distancing, because we, we want those moments. We, we're yearning for it. And we know what's going on in real life. And we know what's going on on the show. And we, you know, so, and they're still capturing beautiful moments. When Dina walked out the front door of the Abbott Mansion, looked up and, and yelled, John, and the light hit her face, I gasped. It, there's beautiful moments on that show. So, um, Y'all are a I'm so relieved to hear that. You know, there's a uh, show business term, the willful suspension of disbelief. It's the agreement that viewers all make with the performer in a film, on a TV show, in any, uh, on a stage. It's the, it's the, I agree to suspend reality just enough to make all of this work. I know it's a play. I know it's a TV show. I know it's a movie. I know it's a soap opera, but I'm willing to sign on and do what you have to do <laughs> to, to bring me what I want see so it's that willful suspension of disbelief that we're uh, on on a little bit of hopped up steroid <laughs> injection for the pandemic issues but I'm I'm thrilled to hear that this is meaningful and that we're still able to turn in this kind of programming for you 
I also have like in my head, there's just loads of PPE hiding behind the Abbott couch, you know, like in my head, <laughs> they're just, you, you've ripped off your mask. They're like three, two mask off, shove it in a couch cushion, do the scene, you know, like I can only imagine what it's like. It's gotta be. Okay. Stand by. I'm throwing it down. I keep my, keep my mask in my bra. <laughs> Uh, of course you do. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's so funny. I'm waiting for Tracy Abbott to shove like a family secret right in her brassiere. Like I'm waiting for it. You're well, okay. Oh, there ain't a whole lot of room. There ain't a whole lot of room for a whole thing. <laughs> and a mask. Come on. <laughs> so can I tell you something? And you're allowed to be diplomatic about this because you have a sister on the show. So you can be like, Jim, how dare you? That's wrong. But Beth, I have to tell you, uh, with Dina's passing and with John's passing, so um, for, for those of you that don't watch YNR every day, and again, I say, how very dare you, you are horrible people. Um, <laughs> but Dina and John were the Abbott, if you will, parents, mom and dad. <clears throat> Dina was long estranged. It was a whole story. She's just passed. John was beloved. He passed a while ago. Now that they're gone, I'm going to tell you flat out, Tracy, although she's the youngest of the three, is giving me matriarchal energy that I so crave because that's not what your sis is about, right? Ashley's not serving that up. And I have to no. tell you something. If you became the proverbial queen of the castle, nothing would make me happier. I'd be so excited. <laughs> I'm going to plus one that. I'm going to plus one that. I'm going to like. Oh, right on. See, our fans are craving that. Yes. I second that. I second that Who do that I emotion. write to? Who do I call? And mm. I'm not saying I got aggressive with your producer the first time I met you, however many years ago it was. And I was like, National Treasure. She's amazing. You need her. Mm -hmm. I love her. I love her. I hit my best friend when I saw you at that In a way that Catherine Chancellor ruled Genoa City, I think Tracy could be that next person. My hand to God. Anything ever. People say, oh, Tracy needs a romance. No, I don't. I need a crown, baby. I need a yeah. ring. <laughs> Work. Mm -hmm. Let us have it. What is it they say? <laughs> yeah. um, I would love that so much. There has been a hole since our darling Jeannie Cooper passed away. There has been a hole in the whole community of Genoa City that has not. There have been people that have filled it for a Nikki steps in. Tracy steps in. There are people that... Uh, even sometimes Sharon steps in, there's a little matriarchal stuff going on with her. And, uh, but I have to say, there's not that person, that friend for Victor Newman, that of all the big pillars of the community, they don't have that one person to go to who they can bounce ideas off of, who can be their conscience, who can be their Jiminy Cricket, you know. Uh, they, so I, I uh, have worked really hard, especially when I've been in stories with the young people, with Abby, or had scenes even with Theo, who's, you know, the, the, our, our mystery just turned up new, new nephew. That, um, when I have, I try really hard, and, and the scenes with Lily, you even mentioned before. When I have the young people in scenes with me, I try so hard to connect. I try so hard to, and it's not, that hard because they're lovely actors and lovely people but 
that's where I see Tracy having that opportunity to be the auntie everybody needs, the shoulder everyone everyone needs to cry on, the 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 um, sounding board for for their ideas and their confusion. And Jack, she's there for Jack when no one else is. She loves him through, even when he's been a complete cad, made a huge business disaster that's hurt the family, put rifts in their financial security, on and on. Tracy always loves him through. And so I, I would love more than anything to expand that beyond the family even to the other members of our Genoa City community mm-hmm. who need who need a sort of – and people have mentioned that Tracy's like a moral compass because she's so forgiving and she's so open and welcoming. She doesn't judge um, that I, I have worked really hard to see to it that that's exactly who they see. Mm-hmm. It's important to me. I think you've done that. And um, I also think like, I told you this when we talked before, the reason, one of the reasons we love Tracy so much is you bring so much Beth to Tracy, you know, and it's so authentic and open hearted. And um, that absolutely needs to be Tracy's next step in Genoa City. And I'll tell you this. Tracy Abbott is a very well-regarded author, you guys. So why isn't Chancellor Communications opening a publishing division and handing it to Tracy? And then Tracy works there for about three months because in soap opera time, that's seven years. So, and she works there for three months (laughs) over and she's like, Lily, get out. Even Even though you look amazing in those power suits, get out, Billy, get out. And then Chase, and then Tracy takes it over, and I love I love the concept of an Abbott at Chancellor Communicate. Like I just love it so much. So, um, so I yeah, maybe, maybe maybe you should write for the show. I, I think probably should. should. Maybe, yeah. yeah, I'll be sending over my ideas tomorrow. Thank you. And then what will happen though when Jill shows up and she's like, "You've taken over my company," and like, <gasps> listen. I'm just waiting for Jill to show up for a wedding. So far, I'm only getting Jill on an iPad. I want Jill. I want Jez Walton on set. That's what I want. I'm making my demands clear, Y&R. Um, see these- <laughs> but that these are forwarded to the appropriate offices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, will say, uh, I will say I am really looking forward to that wedding because I want, I want the return of Nina and I want the return of Jill really bad. Um, okay, so... How are the Abbots spending Thanksgiving? And then we have to stop talking about the Abbots. How's Beth Maitland <laughs> spending Thanksgiving? <laughs> this is a perfect place to make a quick segue because I wasn't invited to Thanksgiving. I don't know how the Abbots are spending <gasps> I was not at the Thanksgiving table at the Abbott house this year. I don't know if they even have one. I imagine that, you know, Mrs. Martinez pulled out the turkey platter, but I have no idea. So I'm not sure. <clears throat> so I know, though, that uh, there are some other big, interesting things going on that sometimes supersede even the holidays around the Abbott table. Um, but I get so so this is our segue, Beth Maitland. <clears throat> is, um, along with, I was just discussing this with my friend, Lindsay, who I'm staying with. Uh, I'm getting ready to work someplace at Paramount tomorrow. Um, so I'm down in Los Angeles. I live a ways away. So does Jess Walton, who plays Jill. So does Nina, who lives in Nashville. Several other people live far afield. And in this time, it's been difficult to find ways to get those people to travel back to Los Angeles, to be able to be even available. So there's all kinds of practical challenges that get kind of in the way of all of your fabulous ideas. So <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to forward those to the appropriate office. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I, uh, I was just telling my friend Lindsay that I... I'm carrying around more anxiety 
this week, perhaps, than, they, than since March. I, I am um, very concerned about our world. And I was... Uh, um, and I don't mean politically, although that's part of it. I don't mean pandemic, although that's part of it. But I really feel like we're in an, a really interesting time. And I know the holidays are going to be really difficult for everyone this year. We're asked not to gather in large groups. We're asked not to um, not to uh, have normal holidays or travel far afield. We're asked to, the, to remember that personal safety and the health and and well-being of our loved ones should be the prominent things that thing that we consider even in our loneliness even in our isolation there are sacrifices worthy of making this time around um, I personally am uh, before the pandemic I lost my husband um, last fall it's been about a year um, on Halloween in fact um, and it, my daughter who was only home a month from uh, being gone for two years at college lost her dad so we have a new tradition of no traditions and I think for the world that might be the operative thought we have decided that every holiday we spend going forward we do not revisit typical traditional things we think about those those traditions, we honor them, we perhaps do homages to them, but our, our process, my daughters and mine going forward, um, are to create a bunch of new ones, to find new ways to experience the joy and the meaning of the particular holiday, in this case, you know, thanks, Thanksgiving's coming up, and then, and then Hanukkah and Christmas following that. And so as we, as we look at a, an inability to gather and an inner inability to travel and loved ones who are perhaps in confinement, we have, we have to find ways like this where we can zoom call people and have, um, you know, virtual cocktail parties and have um, an interaction of the arts. My daughter's a fabulous classical musician. She's a bassoonist and um, she is putting together a Christmas um, gift that she's recording herself doing several parts of several um, um, amazing uh, classical pieces as well as a couple of holiday pieces of music that she's going to share both on social media but also um, to each of our family members far afield. Um, she, we're trying to find um, ways to send little bits of ourselves in a safe way and, and spend time, even if it's this way, on Zoom or on Facebook you know, their video platform or by FaceTime, if you're Apple, there are ways for us to be together, even if it's just like this. I, I feel like I've now met you guys and spent this time with you, even though we're not sitting in the same room, we have to use that same willful suspension of disbelief that we were talking about earlier about, about entertainment. We have to use that to keep our, to keep connected, to keep that, the meaning of the holiday, the meaning of, thankfulness. I mean, I told you that Young and the Restless is a building radiating gratitude. I am a person radiating gratitude. I am so grateful for my health, my daughter being able to be with me, my family far afield, able to be in communication with them on a regular basis and share time, even if it's screen time with those that are far away. And if that's all we get, that's something to be grateful for. That's what we should that's, that's what we should focus on, finding creative ways. And look at everywhere you look on, on social media. People are sharing their art. They're sharing their 
crafts and, and abilities. They're sharing their creativity, live performance. When was the last time in, the, in history you heard that Broadway was closed this long, that the San Luis Obispo Symphony my daughter plays for can't perform? That, and so I've got a gathering of the social distance a, a, arrangement of five artists around my fire pit in my backyard and I've got up on my deck I've got my camera and the iPad set up and everything and all the lights on and we're recording and those are now the new virtual concerts until we can be together again we have to find ways to stay together to be connected and so that's our tradition um, last Christmas uh, we went to Edinburgh I'm Scottish and we went to Edinburgh and we walked the Holy Mile um, carrying torches for Hogmanay, which is their, their uh, New Year's Eve. And we uh, explored new Scottish traditions that we had never experienced before. We could travel back then. Now we can't. So we're, we, need to, we need to pick it up and find ways to keep that connection alive and keep our families satisfied and happy and, and see us and hear us. And even if we can't hug them, we, we, can, we can hug them virtually in every way we can find. Wow. Amen. What a, yeah. what a great way to live in the present as well, you know, to keep up, to keep coming up with uh, new traditions and staying in the present and living every minute instead of like looking towards the past. Really, really great idea. Beautiful. Well, I think every one of us is, is probably experiencing a great deal of that themselves. I know mm -hmm. that I'm, I look at your beautiful faces. I saw you all nodding while we were talking. I, I know that means that you agree and that you're thinking of those very ways yourself. And I'm sure you have wonderful things to share as well that, that you guys are all working on to make sure that everybody's together when they need to. And I'm totally telling everyone that Beth, May Beth Maitlin is my brand new best friend. So <laughs> after this, I know, right? <laughs> she was mine first. No, but Listen, she's my first. new best friend. She's this is how it is with Beth, though. Like, couldn't you, Beth, I'm going to embarrass you for a second. Couldn't you sit here and listen to Beth talk for yes. an hour and a half? Yes. Beth, you are I the thought most that's what we were doing. Friend. You are inspiring. <laughs> you are motivating. And yeah. I had 29 thoughts run through my head. And rather than respond, I just sat here and chose to listen. Like you are, yeah. I'm not kidding you. Like if you ever ran for political office, I'd move to your, your district just to vote. Like yeah. I, you're, you're a force of nature, Beth. You really are. Um, that is your light shines so bright. So very bright. So sweet. Thank you. It's true. Can I just share it's a quick true. story, Jim? Yeah, quick while I get my wits back. <laughs> oh. I, my first acting job ever in L.A. was on The Young and the Restless. And oh. <laughs> actually, you were in, now that uh, I think about it, you were in the uh, uh, makeup room the, my first day there. And uh, I remember, um, like you saying, that, that the room is full of gratitude and full of, uh, just love. And I had never done a soap opera before and I got, I got on set and I was blown away by how uh, caring and friendly and outgoing everyone was. Mo most of my scenes were with the gentleman who plays Jack. And uh, he, you know, my aunt is a huge fan of his and he went out of his way, went up to his dressing room, got me a headshot, signed it for my oh. aunt Charlotte. Um, so I was uh, I was spoiled because 
you know, then I had, then I started doing other acting jobs on other television shows where nobody would speak to me. So, I'm so sorry that your scenes weren't with me. <laughs> uh, me too, but oh. you, everybody, it's, just, it's so funny when I, you know, you first get there in the morning and you walk up in, into the makeup room and everybody is just so happy to see each other and, and uh, to work with each other. Even people who have been there for years and years and years, like you said, it, I could, you can tell it's one big family. Well, what Jim said at the very beginning, he was saying, look, all you actors out there picture doing this for this many years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we all go through this sort of <clears throat> period when we're new that this is temporary. We, you know, we're just passing through. We don't want to be considered a lifer on a daytime drama. You know, we want to, oh this is our, my way to my nighttime series or whatever. But, but what, when it comes down to reality, um, the whole point of becoming an actor and moving to a place where you can make a living as an actor yeah. is to make a living as an actor. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where, as long as you f make your place and are happy and productive and do your best yes. and bring your abilities and they keep calling you back. <laughs> and, the, and the energy is completely different on your show than any other television show I've ever done or any film I've ever worked on the energy. Uh, and like I said, I was spoiled because it was my first job in LA. And uh, ever since then, you know, it has, it's been, it's been hard to find that kind of love and, uh, but not and only gratitude. just to be acting on a set like that, but also like, uh, it, 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 that is your life now. That's your legacy. Yeah. It's so much bigger than a job when you work on totally. a show like YNR, you know, and there are, to your point earlier, Beth, there's so few places where people can say, I was part of that legacy, you know, and um, people are going to be watching those shows in a hundred years in some capacity. They're here forever. When, during pandemic, when those old reruns were being shown, I could not get enough of them. I would get on my cell phone and I would send um, video messages of my favorite scenes to Stephanie and we would go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, you, Beth, you, you had, if I remember correctly now, pandemic brain, you had starved yourself or you were on diet pills. You were unconscious on a floor and Danny Romilani was trying to save you. And I was screaming like I hadn't already seen that scene. You know, like it, it just means a lot to us. And, um, oh, you know what? I, I so I'm glad to hear you like that. Did, did uh, other people on our panel that did nodding or sign sign in? Did you like the heirloom episodes or legacy episodes? As, did you like seeing those again? Or were yes. Yes, very yes cool. I was like, bring me back the old Abbott Mansion. There's yeah. Mamie. Like, <laughs> Take me to the oh, colonnade room. I want oh all my God. of it, you know. <laughs> so good. Oh, I'm so glad because a lot of people got really tired of it. And there was a lot <gasps> of pressure. Uh, they didn't want to see the old episodes. And there were a lot of people that are newer viewers and younger people that didn't quite. I mean, OK, admit it. It's a little stylistic to go back to the 70s and the 80s. And Drama. The weddings, the weddings, <laughs> the fashion, oh the hair, my God, the shoulder pads, yeah. the missed opportunities to invest in Aquanet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Beth, also, isn't it the 12,000th episode coming up? It is. If I am not mistaken, December 1st, we will air for you the 12,000th 
thousandth episode oh of and the wrestlers. Amazing. Wow. That's amazing. It is amazing. I can't even believe it. And there's all kinds of surprises planned and all kinds of homages worked in. I can't give anything away and I won't. You can't break my arm because you can't reach it. <laughs> uh, but I, you will not regret watching that beautiful episode. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. Listen, I have to let you go. But- Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I'll keep talking. I mean, this this could be three three or four episodes for you. I, I will jump. <laughs> Before you go, I want to play a quick game with you. Okay. So we all love soap operas because they provide us pure escape and a heightened sense of dramatic reality. So I thought we could play a round of what would you do soap opera edition okay (laughs) only if you will agree to play a game with me at the end oh my god no so last time we played a game i failed miserably because i went i'm i'm just adorable i can't wait to see this i'm I'm preparing as you as you play i'm i just learned this game today Okay. And so you tell me what tell me what I have to do. I can't okay. wait. So I will now present three basic scenarios that you could find yourself in if you <laughs> lived in a fictional town on a soap opera. Your challenge is to tell us what your soap opera character would do. So not what you would do in real life, but what your soap opera character would do. And Beth, I'm not asking you what Tracy would do. Just give us your best generic soap opera response, okay? Um <clears throat> And playing the game will be Scott and Christine and Beth. And whoever has the best answers, most dramatic answers, will get cast in the Jim Lanahan fictional soap opera called <laughs> Tracy Abbott Rules the World. Here we go. <laughs> you are enjoying Thanksgiving dinner with your partner and their family. You've never felt like the family has truly accepted you. All of a sudden, you feel sick to your tum-tum. Your stomach feels grumbly and you could blow at any moment. When you look around the table, your evil mother-in-law gives you a smug look. And it's then that you realize she has possibly poisoned your vegan tofu turkey dish. What would you do? Scott, we'll start with you. We'll rotate first answer every round. Scott, Gosh. what would you do? I think I would I would stand up and grab the tablecloth and pull all pull all the food and dishes and everything off the table and then go straight for my mother-in-law's throat. Okay. Okay. You know what? I will accept that answer. Thank you very much. Christine Sinecor, what would you do? Okay. Um, Well, I think after a lot of sort of long furtive glances all around the room, I would stand up (laughs) and then announce that I this entire time have actually been my own twin and then just have spray (laughs) diarrhea all over the the the, uh, wow the dining room. Wow. Okay, locked in on twin with spray (laughs) diarrhea. Thank you very much. And Beth Maitland, what would you do? 
wow, I first would jump to my feet, look for the nearest potted palm, relieve myself of my stomach anxiety. And a salad was grown from deadly nightshade that I grow in my very special deadly plant garden. And that if everyone else has also eaten the wilted spinach, they're going to have to tell me the, the secret antidote to my turkey vegan uh, uh, whatever it is. Wow. And then I would have to also say that uh, that dessert, let's see, how should we get my mother-in-law back involved with uh, being guilty? Um, that I, that it, it's true that she, when I was young and at first courting my partner, that she was responsible for sending my partner off to Europe to have our baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now sitting across from me? It's our attorney, John Adair. Wow, that is some next level shit. There, that is <laughs> so, uh, what a professional. Beth Maitland and on a how you doing? So dark. Wrapping that up. Thank you, Beth. And I think the clear winner of that round was Beth Maitland, <laughs> without a doubt. So a high doubt. level. <laughs> wow. Okay, now everybody. We're not worthy. We're not <laughs> worthy. Do. This will not be as good for the audio only uh, 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 viewers. I guess, that, is that even a thing? Viewers? No. Listeners? Um, but when when we get to this magic trick, to the end of this magic trick, you'll all be able to say it out loud so that they will be able to, won't get the visual cue, but they will get an audio cue from all of you. I would like our panel to please don't tell me what it is. Pick a number between one and 100. Pick a number between one and 100. You're going to give me an answer. And I guarantee that all three of you, I will get the correct answer. I am going to give you your correct answer. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Jim Lanahan begins. Say my, your number. My number is... No, don't say it. No. Was your number... 75? No. Tell the listeners what... what <laughs> Beth has just yeah. held up a piece of paper that says, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. If that, I think you have to see so that good. to kind of get that. But that's my oh, that's funny. My friend Lindsay taught me that this very day. <laughs> hold that up again. Talk. I'm going to take a screenshot of it. So hold that no up again. Oh my it's god! So there funny. we go. So okay. oh, good. Got it. <laughs> so good. So good. She was telling me just in case you know we had a little lull in the conversation like that could happen. <laughs> um well listen i think we you, you clearly won both of the games beth you yes. are a champion <laughs> and clearly you are you know highly proficient at soap opera drama so um <laughs> you're just the best beth thanks for spending more time with us on the podcast and i have to tell you you are all each and every one of you a delight it is my great pleasure to have spent this time with you i'm so glad we got to actually i was thinking audio only how's that going to work i'm not going to be able to see their faces and i'm so glad i got to 
see each and every one of you. I love you so much. Everyone have happy holidays. Be safe. Stay well. Uh, we love you. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. My new BFF. And, <laughs> Mine first. Um, yes, and I can't wait to have a brunch with you in the middle of the <laughs> parking lot at a table. We have to we'll be call it, Throw it down Bloody Mary's. Yes, we'll please. Throw it down our table. Steph's um, coming. Maddie Kane's coming. You guys are invited too. Yes, Woo! I love yeah. that. How are you All right, doing? everybody, Beth Maitland. Yeah. Thank you, Beth. Oh my God, what a treat! Come on, obsessed. Literally one of the greatest human beings, and it's like I said at the top of the show. I can't remember if I said it to her privately or on the podcast. It's weird for me to talk to her because I legitimately feel like she's my friend. And mm -hmm. also I've watched her on TV for almost 40 years. Mama. It's so weird. Wow. You know, Jimmy, you forgot to ask her about social media. So you might want to put her social media things. Let me do that right now, Scott. Thank you. Uh, you can find Beth Maitland on Instagram at Beth Maitland. D-Q-B, so B-E-T-H, Maitland, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D, D-Q-B. She is absolutely the greatest human being. We love yes. her so much. Yeah. We have a new segment, like, where if we have problems, we can all just kind of discuss what what Beth would what Beth would, would do? Yeah. <laughs> what would well, Beth do? Well, the thing do? about Beth is, you know, she's so kind and generous and open-hearted and generous of spirit and knowledge and time. She's also no one's fool. That's what I've learned mm. about Beth. So she is literally like your favorite aunt who comes to town and just lays down the law. And she's like, and I'll be back in three months and it better be better when I get here. You know, <laughs> like I love her so much. Uh, okay, guys. So that wraps up the Monday show so quickly before we go let's tell everybody where they can find you on the social media christine uh, i'm at c cinecore on twitter and facebook i'm on instagram it's at christine cinecore and website is christine scott i'm at scotty sheldon on twitter and uh, facebook and on instagram you can go to scotty sheldon the actor or scott a sheldon stephanie Hi, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at ChickyLaugh, C-H-I-C-K-Y-L-A-F-F. And for lots of pictures of my dog, Billy, he is Billy the Rescue Pup on Instagram. And Dr. John Paul is everywhere at Dr. John Paul. There's no H in John. And I am at Jim Lanahan on Instagram, on Facebook. I am Jim Lanahan, and my website is jimlanahan.com. Don't forget that the podcast group on Facebook is called Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. And as always, there are a few quick messages from our partners, and then we'll be back in your podcast feed on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day! And until then, please remember, take care of yourself so you can, in turn, take good care of others because that's our most important job. Bye, you guys. Bye. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Christine, do it. How you doing? <laughs> Christine, let's remind everybody about the Jim Lanahan and Friends with Benefits program. 
You mean that thing when our podcast listeners join us live in the Zoom studio when we record the podcast? That's right. If they go to cameo.com and search for Jim Lanahan, they can purchase a private personalized message from Jim. It gets delivered directly to their phone or laptop. Additionally, they receive a link to join the podcast recording session. That means you get to watch us record this podcast interact with the guests and see all the content that hits the cutting room floor. Oh, wow. That, uh, that sounds super exclusive. Mommy likey. Me too. So go to cameo.com today and search for Jim Lanahan to get your personalized message and support this podcast. That's cameo.com. Search for Jim Lanahan. <laughs> 